One of the greatest fruits of the gospel that I just said is how the Lord makes us family. How you can take people from different backgrounds, different experiences, and unite them together in Christ. And so I've experienced that firsthand, and it's one of the greatest joys that I have in following Jesus. And I've experienced that through a really close friend of mine named Austin Fontenot, who's here this morning with us. Uh, Austin is an incredible man of God. Uh, He leads in various different ministry capacities at his home church in, in San Antonio called Luminous. He, he serves the UTSA campus as the campus director there uh, and also serves as a pastor at his local church. But to me, Austin has been an incredible friend. And uh, one of the reasons why I'm in ministry is because I saw people go ahead of me model ministry so well. Uh, people who went ahead of me and modeled what it looked like to follow Jesus and, and pursue godly relationships and be a husband and a father and, and do so, so well. And uh, what I love so much about Austin is that he's a real friend and brother in Christ. And what I mean by that is that uh, he loves me, uh, he rebukes me, he corrects me, he checks in on me, and uh, he encourages me to love Jesus all the more. So I'm really excited to have him with us to share the word of the Lord. Will you help me welcome my brother, Austin Fontenot? Love you, bro. What kind words, Alberto. I appreciate that. Oh, man, you make me seem better than I actually am, you know? I I, hopefully, I deliver everything that he says to you this morning. But it's such a pleasure and joy to be with you all here at the Springs. Um, I just want to brag on Alberto. See, I didn't know I was going to get such an amazing welcome. Uh, but I just want to brag on him because the reality is, is that, man, Alberto is so encouraging. I never left a meeting or a conversation that I left deflated. It was always more so, more Jesus, more faith, more love for God, spurring me to continue to, to run the race of faith. And so he is most definitely not only a good friend, but actually, he actually encourages me to continue to race uh, this race of faith. And I, I remember the, one of the, the best advice, the best advice Alberto's ever given me. It was several years ago. We were meeting here at the Springs Church for a meeting of some sorts. And we um, ended up eating at Fuego Tacos, you know, down the street. And we were there at the Fountain Drinks. And he was like, man, also, I had this revelation. You know, Alberto always has some type of revelation of some sort. He said, man, I have this revelation. I said, what's up, man? Tell me. He said, I have this revelation that, man, you and I, we were single at the time, okay? He said, you and I. We need to marry, you know, either a teacher or a campus minister. I said, okay, like, tell me more. Like, why should we marry just a teacher or campus minister? He goes, well, because they're off when we're off. And I was like, man, that's brilliant, right? Because we were both serving in college ministry. And he was like, man, they're off when we're off. And so it just works great that, you know, that we married a teacher or a campus minister. And so years go on, and I end up marrying an English teacher, and he ended up marrying a campus minister. So, man, there is some wisdom here, right? There's some wisdom. And I think, you know, I, this just means, I mean, the church is in good hands. And the church is in good hands. And so I'm just so thankful for him. I'm thankful for his friendship. And I'm also thankful for this church. So for some of y'all who may not know me, like I, I actually encountered Jesus as a college student in Austin, Texas. And uh, it was a radical experience in my apartment complex. It was apartment 224, room A, building 2, September 17, 2007, and where God radically changed my life forever. And I got drafted in, or more so grafted into this church family, Mosaic Church. Some of y'all may be familiar, our sister church there. And the Lord sent me to San Antonio to start a college ministry there. 
But it was this church, it was the springs that came around me that really just accepted me and they made space for me here to grow and develop as a leader. This is where I really understood the key idea of what discipleship really meant and was able to really live it out there. And so I'm so thankful for this church because not only like I was one of many people who got sent out over the last several years, I've seen pastors and worship leaders and campus ministers get sent from this place, which means that this place and what y'all do here matters. How y'all live here matter. How you live life together matters. And as I was looking at your uh, website earlier this week, one thing I came across, which is the first thing that everyone will see when they go on your website, is that Jesus changes everything. Man, I, I love that so much, and I wholeheartedly believe that Jesus changes everything. That he changes everything. But the problem that I have, or more so the, the issue sometimes that I wrestle with, is that it's easier for me to agree with such biblical truth, but it's harder for me to actually live it out. Right? It's actually hard for me to live it out because if Jesus changes everything, that means I have to make space for opportunities and time and space in my schedule for God to have access to everything in my life. Right? Ephesians 4 would say, pray about everything. And I can be honest, I don't pray about everything like I should. But this morning, I had this, this thought, this idea that I want to kind of just rally around and explore this, which is this, is that what we'll make room for is what we'll live out. That whatever we will make room for is what we'll actually live out. Let us pray this morning. Father God, we just thank you that your word is the bread of life. God, I ask that as you just meet with us today, one, that you will be exalted and glorified, but we will leave here transformed. God, I know that you have something for us, that you want to meet with us face to face. Thank you so much for everything that you do. In your name we pray, amen. Well, guys, this morning we're going to be looking at a very familiar passage, you know, especially if you're vertically challenged. You know, it's very relatable to people like me and Alberto, you know, who, who struggled all our lives just hoping to be taller than what we actually are. You know, this is a serious moment for me because I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be honest and vulnerable with you, okay? As, as much, I think I was like a fourth or fifth grade, all I wanted to do in my life was I wanted to play basketball and I wanted to be six foot three. Okay, neither of those things happen, okay? Like, I'm 5'7 on the good day, and b- basketball is clearly, you know, I- I've got injured multiple times playing basketball. And so, uh, you know, that's what's not what the Lord had for me. But we're going to be looking at the story of Zacchaeus. I know some of y'all probably are familiar with this uh, story of Zacchaeus. It's in the Gospel of Luke. And if you grew up in church, you know, I didn't grow up in church, but if you grew up in church, you may be familiar with the song. How many of, you, how many of y'all are familiar with the song? Oh, yeah. oh can y'all sing it? Oh, yeah. oh come on, sing it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I mean, it goes a little something like this. It says, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. He climbed up a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see, right? And so, man, it's such a fun song. It's so great. And thank you for all of y'all who participated. You know, if this was a class participation grade, you all would get a zero. You know, like, man, gosh, man. So I'm, I'm hoping as we continue to develop in this text, in this scripture, that I hear a little bit more feedback, okay? Man, we're going to have some fun this morning. Yeah, come, 
Hey! <laughs> but I want to highlight three key observations from this text that I hope will really bless you and, and really just kind of help model, you know, what Jesus is doing in this text. And the first one is, is room for the passing through. Room for the passing through. The second is room for the rumors. And lastly is room for the guest. Will y'all stand with me as we honor God's word this morning? Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. And this is what it reads. It says, He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And when he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up the sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and I have defrauded anyone of, of anything. I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And this is the word of the Lord. Amen. Y'all may be seated. So the gospel according to Luke is, is filled with so many rich stories like this, and it carries a theme unlike any other. And it's this, is that really that has Luke is writing this book. He's writing with concern with people who would have been neglected. People in which the writers at that time wouldn't really have focused on. Those would have been people who would have been written off like the poor, the widows, and orphans. And this gospel account was written 30 years after the, res- roughly around 30 years after the resurrected Jesus And he's doing this in order to really demonstrate Jesus' concern for these, what would be like outcasts, the society outcasts. And so this morning, as we're looking at this main idea, this big idea, what we'll make room for is what we'll live out. And one thing I've noticed, and I'm sure y'all have kind of noticed it too, especially because, man, things, it just seems like they're constantly speeding up around us. Like we live in a very transient society where people are constantly re- relocating, whether for a job opportunity or education opportunities or maybe a ve- better cost of living. So that's probably why some of you are here in San Marcos. Or more so today, because of everything that's going around, more so Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting, right? And what ends up happening is that so much can actually go around us and we can kind of miss what's going on. We can ref- like not be focused on the right thing. Or what's next on my schedule, what I'm going to do after church, what I'm going to eat after I leave here, what I'm going to wear this week. You know, like so many other things come into place. But Luke 19 chapter 1 describes Jesus' journey. In this pit stop as he's in Jericho. He's, and he's traveling from Galilee to Jerusalem. Verse 1 says that Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. That he was passing through. 
Like when Jesus had a, a mission that he was trying to accomplish, he had a plan in mind, a final destination. There was a cross waiting for him. There was redemption of humanity was upon him. There was the love of God that needed to be displayed for the world to see. And yet with all this in mind, every encounter that Jesus had with an individual was intentional. It was so intentional because what we make room for is what we'll live out. It's what we'll live out. And I know this city is growing and changing. And there was a time where there's predominantly college students. I was talking to Pastor Berto as we were driving around this morning eating breakfast. Thank you again. It was so great. Man, best chicken sandwich I've had ever. <laughs> um, but there's a transition happening here, right? But I know, I know for a while it was a lot of college students living in this city. You'll come here, and the idea is that you come here, you come to the school, you get a degree, you get a job, you pay back the student loans, right? You pay those bad boys back, you get a great job, you retire, and that's it, right? But I want to say this is that a lot of what God is trying to do in your life, whether it's for education while you're here, whether it's just a season of your life, whether it's for the cost of living, whatever you're here in the city, is God is trying to do majority of the work through the passing through. And not just in the destination. So you may only be here for a season of your life, but can you be intentional as you're being here? Can you be intentional with the relationship? See, room for the passing through is making room for God wherever you are. It's not just in the destination. See, a lot of us, especially myself, get annoyed and frustrated when things don't work out according to schedule, to my plan. If anything deviates from my exact thing that I've written down and my five-year planner. But then we end up missing out what God is trying to do in the midst of everything. I remember a couple years ago in, um, in San Antonio, Bethel, you know, the music gospel group, uh, it was coming to town. They had a concert, and I mean, we were so excited. Man, I was pumped. This was like the first concert I've ever been to because I'm somewhat of an introvert, and I hate crowds, okay? So like, man, I'm going to my first concert, and I'm like excited. I'm trying to rally people to come together. I say, hey, you know what? I'll buy the tickets for everyone, but y'all got to pay me back. Yeah, all know how that goes. Yeah, I know how that goes, man. People still owe me money to this day. And I'm expecting that with interest for some of those who know you, who you are, you know. But it's all right. That's besides the point. But we're there and, man, people are coming in late, you know. And that's the thing. Like, everyone has their own idea of what's on time, right? I'm very punctual. I like to be there earlier than expected, you know, just in case, you know, traffic, accident, whatever. Man, my now wife and sister-in-law decided they wanted to leave, I don't know, like 30 minutes after the, uh, the concert was supposed to start, you know, and they got caught behind a train and then everything else was happening. And I'm waiting outside. I hear the bass of the music. I'm, like, I'm getting FOMO. Like, man, I wanted to be the guy on the stage who doesn't sing, whose hands are just lifted in service. I was trying to try out for that so I can travel around the, the city or, or the world or wherever they have their concerts at and be that guy, the worship guy, you know? And I'm outside because, man, they, they, the tickets weren't emailed to you. They weren't something printed out, but they, these were like these ENC rubber bracelets. So I had to be outside passing them out because there were every, all the tickets were my name. And so I'm like, man, I'm out there and I'm, I'm waiting. 
and I'm frustrated. And then I have to use the restroom. And it was like all these things. I'm so bothered and annoyed of everything that is going on in this moment. And this police officer who was, who was guiding people to this field stands next to me, and he starts engaging me in conversation. I'm like, man, I don't want to talk to you. Like, I don't. Like, I, I came here to worship, you know, on the stage with the people and sing the songs and elevate Jesus' name. Like, man, that's where I want to be. And the thing was is that, like, you know, what I saw as an inconvenience was actually really an opportunity that could have been missed if I was just going according to my plan. If I was just going according to what I wanted to do in that moment. See, because what we make room for is what we'll live out. You know, and no one would have guessed in in this moment in Scripture that, that Zacchaeus would have showed up on this spring, cool day to come see Jesus. But Luke verse 3 says this. He says he wanted to see who Jesus was. He wanted to see who Jesus was. And the question I had when I was reading this is why? Like, why? Like, man, no one likes you. <laughs> like, I mean, you are a tax collector, but there is some speculation. There is some speculation that Zacchaeus had heard rumors of this Jesus through the grapevine. He heard this rumor of Jesus accepting people like him. Now, if we go into the, the gospel according to Mark chapter 2, we see this story unfold, and it describes the conversion of a man named Levi. This guy named Levi, who was a tax collector, which we will later find out ends up becoming a disciple, Matthew. Right? One of Jesus' disciples. See, it's, it's a possibility that perhaps that Zacchaeus had known Levi, maybe they met at, you know, a, a local tax collector's conference or, you know, or something like that, right? But no, but Palestine was actually a, a very small place. It was a small place, and tax collectors would have naturally gathered together and hung out together. And tax collectors like Zacchaeus and Levi were especially looked down upon towards the Pharisees. And they were Jews, right? They were Jews in which were hired by the Romans, and they were viewed as traitors. To the Jews, tax collectors were amongst the worst of sinners, They weren't even allowed to worship in the synagogue. And they were even hated by the Romans, the people who were hired to protect them because they're like, man, you're a traitor. Like you trade, like you're a traitor against your own people, your own kind. You can't be trusted towards anyone. So like you would think like normal, like human nature would keep a person from being around people who despise him like that. And yet his curiosity was what brought them there. His curiosity of like who Jesus was brought him to this place where everyone around him hated him, disliked him. And here is Jesus inviting himself to Zacchaeus' home saying, hey, I must be at your place as if he's a friend. As if he's a friend. And so Jesus evidently had a soft spot for people like Zacchaeus. Short ones, right? Short ones, right? So if I was casting, you know, Zacchaeus in today, if I was making a movie, I would call it the Z-Man, 
right? The Z-Man and the person who plays Ikeas will be Danny DeVito, you know? Like he has a, that mean swagger, the shifty little eyes. He's like the perfect little big man. And then the thing is, is like, I mean, we get to see that Zacchaeus is tired of his sad life. I mean, he is restless, and he was determined to see Jesus. But it says because on account of the crowd and his stature, he couldn't see him. But the thing is, like, short or not, I mean, Zacchaeus had arms and legs, and he used those little arms, and he used those little legs, and he ran ahead, and he climbed up the tree, and he climbed so he could see Jesus. And I think when I look at that, I'm staring at it, and I'm looking at the text, and when I'm looking at it in regards to me and my circumstances, is this is that we need to know and understand that some of your neighbors, some of your classmates, some of your coworkers consider themselves trapped in their situation. Some of the choices that they made, their way of life, the way how they think, the relationships that they stumbled in, and they're looking for a way out. They are looking for a way out. And I want to submit to you this morning that that was, was Zacchaeus. That's what he was doing, that, that he was looking for a way out, that he heard the rumors and he wanted to see if they were true. And as you're passing through, maybe here for a season, people have heard the rumors of your testimony. They have seen some of your Instagram posts, your social media posts, and they're wanting to know, is this Jesus that you serve? Are these rumors true? Can he really change everything? See, room for the rumors is shedding light to what Jesus has done in your life. See, your story is someone else's way out of their discontent. See, what we'll make room for is what we end up living out. For some of y'all, y'all may be a guest this morning here joining, whether in person or online. And I want to say this, is that, man, there is a place for you here. There is space for you here. There is a room for you to explore who God is. There is room for you to belong. There's room for you to grow and serve like there was for Zacchaeus when Jesus came to his house. In verse 5, it says this. It says, and when Jesus came... To the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And they, and when they, they being the spectators, are those who haven't made room for God. And because of that, they can't comprehend what God is doing around them. And they saw it and they grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. And then as Jesus invited himself to Zacchaeus' home, he did not say, I would like to stay at your home or your house, but I must stay at your house today. Jesus didn't merely want to preach to Zacchaeus and then, you know, convert him to some type of religion, but Jesus wanted to have a real relationship with him. He wanted to spend time over dinner and spend time getting to know him and be intentional about this relationship. Verse 6 said that Zacchaeus came down, received him joyfully. And up to this point, the rumors about Jesus is true from Zacchaeus' perspective. Everything that he's heard is coming to life. And he's like, man, this is true. And this is what Charles Spurgeon says about this invitation. 
He says, Christ will not force himself into any man's house and sit there against the man's will. That will not be the action of a guest, but of an unwelcome intruder. According to Palestinian custom, Jesus and his disciples would have actually spent a night at Zacchaeus' home. And as a host, Zacchaeus would have ensured water was provided to wash his guest's feet. And this symbolized, hey, I don't have any ill intent or harm against you. He also would have provided food, shelter, and protection. See, Zacchaeus is a model to everyone on how to receive guests. While Jesus models how to go about sharing and living out your faith. For it's to be received rather than forced. See, room for the guests is being intentional about every relationship. See, what we'll make room for is what we'll end up living out. Scripture doesn't necessarily tell us what what the details of that conversation went down. But we do know the outcome. When we look at the last two verses, verses 9 and 10, we do see the outcome. And it says that Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. See, verse 10 describes Jesus' mission. Verse 10 describes the mission, but verse 9, verse 9 is key. You can't miss this. Verse 9 is key, and this is what we celebrate today because verse 9, verse 9 describes Zacchaeus' adoption. It describes his adoption because it says he also is a son of Abraham, meaning that he's a son of the faith. He's a son of the father. He is no longer an outcast, but he's one who belongs. And where religion tried to exile him, it was relationship that made room for him. See, Zacchaeus' story is our story. That is our story that Jesus made room for us in the family. He made room for us in the family. For those who are Christ Jesus, you have been adopting our children of God. And this is something to be celebrated. Man, I need to hear a praise God. I need to hear some claps. I need to, people need to celebrate this because you have been adopted into the kingdom as children of God. Earlier, I, I began with a story of me at a Bethel concert where I was annoyed. I had to use the restroom I was frustrated. I was missing out on the concert. But what I didn't share is what the Lord was doing in that moment. Where I was focusing on a place to worship, God was making an opportunity unfold. He was making room in the family. See, even in my frustration, the Lord said to me, he said, Austin, he said, I know you came here to worship with song." but can you worship me with your life? Can you worship me with your life? Can you, can you be present in the moment and really just express who I am to this guy who's, who's here engaging in conversation, this police officer? And as I, my demeanor changed in conviction and is giving him my attention, he started to confess. He's like, man, I, I've, I've been struggling with addiction. He's like, man, I'm addicted to cocaine. He's like, man, not only that, he's like, man, things have been going rough in my marriage and I'm having an affair. 
and I'm freaking out, and my mind's like, man, this is a police officer who's signed up to protect and serve, and I didn't ask him about any of these things, but he's just confessing all of this stuff. And as I just sat in my conviction and started hearing what he was saying and seeing what the Lord was doing, I just started sharing my testimony about this Jesus, about who he is, that how he really comes and engage and save the lost, that there is grace. And God wants to let you know that and that you can give your life to Jesus today. And in that moment, he said, yes, we did the prayer of salvation. We exchanged numbers. And a year later, I get a text message. He goes, Austin, I have to meet up with you. I have to meet up with you. So we meet in uh, downtown San Antonio at a Starbucks we're sitting down. I don't know what he was going to talk to me about. I was like, man, I'm just going to show up. He goes, that night marked my life forever. That night marked my life forever. After that night, I went home. I reconciled with my wife. I stopped doing the drugs, you know, the cocaine, and I got help. And now I'm in a part of a church, and I'm making disciples, and I'm preaching occasionally. I lead a men's group, and I'm this, this completely floored. Because what you will make room for, you will live out. And God provided an opportunity in that moment, a moment that I was trying to overlook, a moment where Jesus changed everything for someone, and he changed a moment of frustration for me to a moment of celebration. And I believe that in this moment, God wants to speak into that. The guy wants to speak into that. And before we, we close in prayer and y'all think about, you know, lunch plans and everything else you have for this week, I just want to spend one minute in silence with your eyes closed and your heart, hearts open. And I just want you to ask God this, this one question. This one question, Lord, where have I not made room for you? And I know God is going to be, he's going to share the areas in which he wants you to move in your life. Let's go ahead and do that right now. Awesome. I'm sure God is sharing some things and downloading things. Hopefully you've written those things down. But whatever God has spoken to you, he shared with you, we respond in obedience. We respond in obedience. One of the phrases that my wife says and she shares with me, she goes, Austin, delayed obedience is disobedience. So we want to be obedient to what he's shared. Uh, for some of you, I'm in, it may be that God wants you to make room in your heart because you haven't accepted him yet. And if that's the case, you know, I want to invite you into a prayer of salvation. But we're going to all, we're going we're gonna to do this prayer together. So y'all mind standing with me? this morning. And if you have already accepted Jesus, but that's great. That's awesome. We're going to do this as a declaration of faith. Uh, just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I admit that my sin has caused me to be separated from you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus to die in my place on the cross. I believe that you raised him from the dead. I ask that you forgive and cleanse me 
I want to turn away from everything the Bible calls sin. And I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Help me to love, serve, and obey you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. But Jesus says this in, in John 14, 2. He says, in my Father's house are many rooms. And the Lord has made room for you in heaven today. I pray that you're encouraged and you have a great morning.